days. Our 21st day is tomorrow. Uh-huh. Uh, those of you that want to come short, short. and I, I believe it's apropos, and I believe it's the reason why the Lord put this on my heart today. Uh, because we have some work to do today among ourselves. Because I want you to receive everything God has for you. Amen. In, in order for that to happen, then there are some assignments you're going to need to fulfill today. For many of you, when you obey this word, everything will change. When you obey what I'm about to share with you, if you will identify, receive it, and walk in it, it you will be amazed how many things God turns in your favor. I pray that God will give you ears to hear it because you can't do what I'm about to instruct you to do unless you hear what I'm about to say. And so the way I'm going to, to, to do this is I'm going to tell you a story. Is that all right? It's not an unfamiliar story, but it's a, a story you, you've been hearing about from your youth if, in fact, if by chance you grew up in church. Not everybody grew up in church. In fact, I tell you, I want to talk to the group that has never been to church. There's a whole group of people out there who love God, but they hate the church. There's a whole family of people out there. They're still in love with Jesus, but they just can't stand this church. And they are there because among us, there's something that needs to be eradicated. Something that needs to be eliminated. Something that needs to be devastated with the power of God. What I want to speak to today will change your life and, and make it possible for those who have been, who have a hatred, have, a, have painful memories. I'm discovering more and more people who walk away from God, most of them walked away for the wrong reasons. And unfortunately, some of us sitting in our chairs today may be part of the reason. In order for God to make you a seed, in, all, in order for God to grow us as he's promised, there's something we got to deal with. Can I do some homework today, some housework, some family work? Can we have some family talk today? If you're joining with us, God bless you, and you are so welcome. So I'm just going to treat you like family. You know, people came to my mama's house, my daddy's house, and, and if, they, if they were playing around dinner time, they were all invited in, and they just treated everybody like family. And since this is dinner time, I'm, I'm asking you to just go ahead and eat it anyway. Amen. It'll bless your life. So the story I want to tell you actually is in Genesis. It's a story, it's a continuing, it's one of the most incredible stories in the scripture. A, a story not as in fictitious, but a, a true life happening in the life of a person who can help us if you take his life and you extract what he did, it can help you personally, it will help you. A friend of mine said, Lord, help me help you. Throughout the Bible, you can, you can go from Genesis to Revelations, and you can find something there that most people may not necessarily see 
like, or receive, but it's true. From Genesis to Revelations, you will have a cadre, a list, a host of people who, who came into the category of called offense. It starts right there in Genesis where whether we're talking about, <laughs> Lord have mercy. It starts in Genesis whether you're talking about Cain and Abel, two brothers that had such animosity and hatred between them. Whether you're talking about Jacob and Esau, whether you're talking about David and Saul. In the New Testament, even Paul and Barnabas. And yes, even the possibility of offense between Jesus and his cousin, John the Baptist. I want to choose one of the characters that I know you know his story because we all really actually, we want his results, we just don't want his process. But I got to share quickly with you the process to help you understand why his progress was so powerful. It's possible today, actually probable, that for every one of us today, the process this man walks through is the process some of you have been going through. You may not have just, you may not have recognized it. And his name is Joseph. He's one of 12 sons. How many of you came from a large family? I'm a, I'm a, raise your hand if you came from a large family. When I say large, I mean four or more. <laughs> five or more, five or more, five or more. Oh my God, six or more. Wow, seven or more. Oh my God, God bless your mom and daddy, amen. God bless you. 12 boys. You'll find, you'll find his story in Genesis chapter 37. For most of you are used to following the scripture with me, I'll give you the general references and I I'd like for time's sake you to be able to look at it in your time to, alone as, as, as you follow the narrative of what happened. It's very powerful because it, Joseph is a guy who is a model and maybe one of the most powerful illustrations of how you overcome the process in your life of dealing with difficult people and dealing with people that you love and people that hurt you and people that disappoint you and folks that injure you. Can I just help you a little bit? Folks that just tick you off. Folks that you can't stand to see when they come around. Folks that you feel better when they leave. Joseph is our man. He's that guy. And his, his story is amazing. And it's amazing because his name actually means Jehovah adds to. God adds to. Can you imagine having a name that, that, that means God is going to add to you? And God did all of his life. God kept adding, adding, adding to him. But also what was added to him was pain. Something we don't normally like to talk about in church, and that's pain. We want to be happy. We sing happy up songs. Hello, somebody. Lovely day, lovely day, lovely day. Lovely day. Great song. 
Tap your name. Say, you're going to have a lovely day after this message. Amen. But first, we got to deal with some pain. Are you guys okay? Are you all right? Here comes that dreamer. That's what his brothers would say. Because Joseph is the little guy. He's the young guy. He's the favorite in the family. And daddy doesn't care about telling everybody who his favorite is. By the way, if you have children, be careful who you say is your favorite. Be careful who you say that in whose presence. Because when you say, that was my favorite, you also said without saying, the rest of y'all, hmm. Are you all breathing? Here comes that dreamer. Joseph was the guy they talked about in his absence. And when he came on the scene, he wanted everybody to know he was there. In fact, everyone would know because his daddy bought him special clothes, special colors to put on. You know, he had that suit that was bright red. I'm, I'm sorry. You know, he did, did them tennis shoes that was bright orange. You, know, you feel me? He had that T-shirt that was bright lime. Everybody knew he was coming. This coat signified that his daddy thought more of him or thought a special way about him that wasn't afforded the rest of the brothers. But they were gone and grown. All of them working in daddy's enterprise. Joseph, too young to do that, the father unwisely sent Joseph to check on the other brothers. Now, can you imagine you working have you ever been working? How many of you had a snitch in the family? Raise your hand if you can relate to what I'm talking about. I mean, somebody who told everything. Raise your hand. Let me see your hands. Oh, you were the snitch. Oh, sorry. Okay. So Joseph was appointed bright colored, many, coat of many colors, favorite son. He, he had power with his daddy. He had none with his brothers. And as he comes to report, he sends, Joseph, he sends Joseph out to check out to see if they're doing the work. Man, I can't, I just, oh, I can hear him now. Mama, mama, I'm going to tell mama. I'm going to tell mama. Anybody have one of those, those brothers or sisters? Oh, it sounds, sounds like this. I'm going to tell. How many of you know that's the right tone? That's the right tone, right? I don't know why it is in every family. It's the same song. It's the same tune. Same key every time. I'm going to tell on you. How many of you tried to bribe your brothers and sisters to keep them from telling? Okay, okay, okay. I'll let you have my, I'll let you have my favorite toy. Just don't say nothing. They couldn't bribe Joseph. Were you the one that told? Oh, oh okay. Oh, okay. And that took me five minutes. He, he would bribe them. My, my oldest son would bribe the young, yes. Actually, the truth be told, it was Tiffany that was bribing both of them. See, but ain't nobody saying nothing. But see how she's looking right now? See, I want you to know, I noticed I, Revelation came to me later, amen. In every family we have that, I've taken five, 10 minutes to give you what I now have about 15 or 20 minutes this part to tell you. So track with me real quick. One day he comes to spy on his brothers. He wouldn't have called it spy. He was just reporting back to his father. And every time he saw them, he would rehearse his dream. Let me tell you what I dreamed about. 
all y'all going to bow down to me. Can you imagine? So, so here's the story. Here's what happened. They started plotting among themselves, we're going to get rid of him. Because we can't stand another day. They were, hello, offended at him. And they didn't deal with the offense appropriately. Their offense drove them actually to kill him. Other, other brothers were trying, they were plotting to take his life. And don't be surprised, brothers, because listen, I, under, I get this. There is no greater fierceness in, in, in the world than the fierceness in the midst of family between brothers. My God. We're going we're gonna to take him out. The oldest boy had, was closest to his, listen to me, the oldest child whew, was closest to his father's heart. So while he was infuriated by Joseph, like the others, he decided, well, no, we, we can't kill him. He understood, he understood spiritual laws. He said his blood will cry out from the earth and judgment will come upon us. So let's don't kill him. I tell you, let's just put him in the pit. So next time Joseph came, they all had that look like, come on, come on, a little closer, a little closer. Yeah, I got you now, yeah. Uh -huh. And they grab him and they throw him and he's in the pit and he said, okay guys, enough now. Can you imagine him? Hour later, hey, okay, I'll take your dream back. No, yeah, he's in the hole. And while they're sitting around debating how they're further going to get rid of him, the oldest says, let's just sell him. And so the next caravan that came around, the next caravan, those that, that culture outside of their family, they take him out of the pit. He's thinking, oh, finally, next, only to find out they're going to tie him on the back of a camel or a donkey, and he's bouncing, going to another place, probably never to see his father or brothers again. Let's sell him. Next thing you know, Joseph is in a foreign culture. In, in an unfamiliar place, away from all of his comforts, away from the protection of his father. And he, is, he has no idea what's going to happen to him. All he has is what God showed him in his dream. Now, I don't know about you, but if, if those who love you and close to you really wanted to take your life, changed their mind, instead just sold you. Did you know that Atlanta was number one for sex trafficking in America? Can you imagine somebody drugging you and getting rid of you only to wake up to find yourself in another country? And how would you feel about those that did it? What is amazing to me about Joseph is that you cannot find an incident in his life where he talks about or even shows he's offended. You can see him hurt, but you don't see this word offense. 
It's amazing to me. He's a hero of how to go through the process and keep your heart right so God can do what he wants to do with your life. Don't let negative offenses keep you from God's destiny. Joseph is away from everybody, finds himself, finds himself in Potiphar's house. Oh, how about you? Is that okay? Finds himself, well, oh, I can go faster now. He finds himself in Potiphar's house. Say Potiphar. He actually was in charge of all the executions. And he has a big household. He works for Pharaoh. He's, uh, he, he's, he, he's got means. But Joseph, who does, is not offended, hurt, but not offended at his family, all of his talents come to the top. Next thing you know, part of it is I like this guy. In fact, I'm going to put him, he has such integrity. His, by the way, integrity is a heart issue. He has such integrity. Uh, your heart is where your altar is. Tell your neighbor what I said. Your heart is where your altar is. On Joseph's altar, there was no offense. Hurt, disappointment. Not wondering, wondering I don't know if I'm ever going to see him again, but I've got a dream from God. Talk to your neighbor. Would you preach to him for me for a minute? Say, Let the dream in your heart be bigger than any offense you carry. And so we, we see him, he's working and he's working so well. He, he, he's a slave, but even as a slave, he's, he's, he's working like he's free, which is a good word for some of y'all. Because some of y'all go to your slave every day. But you work like a slave, you don't work like you're free. The Bible has something to say about how we treat those we work for. Nobody's talking to me this morning. Y'all all right? And in fact, in fact, the Bible precludes, uh, precludes uh, 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 a promotion for you whether or not you have this attitude. When you work, work as unto, come on, the Lord. What? With that stank attitude I got to deal with every day? Joseph, as a slave, is working so good Potiphar says, put that man in charge of my whole household. Everybody on the property answers to him. I can trust him. When, he, when, he, when I assign work, it's done. He doesn't work like somebody whose heart is broken and he's holding something against the world. Have you ever met people that you, you, it's hard to get to know them because they, first of all, they're looking at you like you want something and, and they won't open their heart because the offense is there. I got it. It took me a while to get it. Tiff. I understand why this generation, this present generation, marries much later because they're carrying the offense of marriage they've experienced. Joseph is so powerful until, until his work is so impeccable until now he's in charge and now he's in charge over the big house. You know, y'all not hearing me. And the property. And all the servants. 
comes in to work in the big house that day. And Potiphar's wife is home and she's dressed a little scantily so that stuff is showing through. Y'all ain't talking to me. And she makes a move toward him. I mean, she, she, she does more than flirt. The Bible says she actually tries, she asks him, but she, while asking, she tries to have him. Y'all know what I mean by have him? Okay. I don't mean for dinner. I mean, you know, amen. Excuse me. I'm sorry. Forgive me. Here is, he's young. He's single. I'm sure viral, viral, not viral, viral. There's a difference. And, and, and I'm sure, I mean, a young man, somebody, a young man. No, look at you and say, a young man. Young man. Okay, so, so and, and, and you, you, no doubt Potiphar's wife was good looking. Anybody here? And yet, he resists her. It's like, a, I'm respectful. You know, when, you, when, when your heart's right and you don't carry offense in your heart, you can be around anybody and you don't, you're not upset. Even when the missus is inappropriate, you can still be respectful. Even when your bosses are irrespectful, disrespectful. Even when your female boss, why is nobody talking to me right now? Even when your female boss attempts to hello somebody, you can still be. And Joseph was respectful and he, he when she moved toward him, he doesn't move toward her. He's whoa. Wait a minute. He's whoa, 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 whoa. No, I don't. No, I don't mean no. Cause he would. His mind wasn't even there. She said, No, no. Come on, come on, come on, come on. He's away. Nobody will know. He, he said, Oh no. Something in him said, My master, trust me. Why would I break that trust? Um, this, this will play out in, your mar- in the marketplace where you work because I promise you the higher position you get the more opportunity you'll have to be, to be un- uh, distrusting or untrusting to your own advantage. The more influence you have, the more opportunity you have to break the rule or to enter into an improper... By the way, I know who I'm talking to. Did you know that impropriety on the marketplace is, is at the top of the list of why corporations are suffering? Do I need to get more clear with you? I, I think I will. Office sex is one of the top things why corporations are having problems with their executives. Is this mic working? Okay, look at your name and say, he's talking to us, amen. Joseph, gotta hurry. Joseph, Joseph decides, he said, no, 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 no. And, and, and because she looked bad, and you, you can imagine how she felt when he, when, what, what happens when a woman makes an advance and she's rejected? She gets offended. And what does she do? Does she handle it correctly? No. She goes, who does she tell? She tells her husband. Her husband, you can, excuse me, any husbands in the building? Raise your hand if you're a husband in the building. 
If your wife, if you came home and your wife told you that the person you hired and you trusted made a move on her, what would you do? Now, what's so bad about this whole condition is it reveals something about Potiphar because Potiphar, when he heard this, first of all, it, 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 it strikes against his judgment because he's the one that chose the guy in the first place. And he, he, up to this point, he has no problem in his personal judgment. But now she's saying, now who am I going to believe? Am I going to believe her or this young kid of integrity that I chose? Can you imagine Potiphar looking at Joseph? Joseph looking at Potiphar. See, what, what, what Joseph said, he, my master, he said, I can't do this thing. My master has given me charge over everything. And the only thing he has withheld from me is you. Good God Almighty. So I think Potiphar was conflicted when he said, send him to prison. He could have killed him since he's the executioner. He did not. He sent him to prison. I'm sorry, excuse me. Now, not only are you thrown in the pit, now you're, you're, you're in slavery. Now you're going to jail for the wrong reason. Have you ever had, met people who were falsely accused the kind of bitter attitude they have? Had it ever occurred to you that when you are falsely accused, it's a test for promotion? How you respond to those that falsely accuse you is a test for God to raise you up. But you got to handle that thing right until he vindicates you. Man, I, I kind of felt like when I was preparing this that I would get the kind of reaction that I'm getting from you right now. So I'm going to come on down here. Cause I, I, I got to hurry because you, you, you got some business to do. Joseph, there's no record of Joseph taking offense at Potiphar's wife. I think I'm going to sneak, I'll give you a sneak peek. When God vindicates Joseph, when God vindicates Joseph, Joseph ends up marrying one of Potiphar's daughters. Can you imagine Potiphar's mama? Lord, have mercy. Have mercy. The Bible is, is, the Bible is a trip. Y'all need to read the Bible. Talk about drama. God, he can give it to you. Hurry up, Flynn. So Potiphar puts him in prison. Now you're in jail for the wrong reason. You're a slave for the wrong reason. You've been, you've been, you've been plotted to be, killed, to be killed for the wrong reason. And you're not offended? He's in jail. He's going from here. Every, every step is lower and lower. I'm, I'm sorry, I many of you have never visited our prisons, so you don't understand how horrible it really is. I remember my wife and I, uh, and, and David, my brother, who's now pastoring in California, we would actually go up here to the penitentiary on, 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 on feder, Confederate. Is that Confederate? Oh, they changed it? What did they change it to? McDonald Boulevard? Yeah, we used to go up there. You know, I want to tell you the truth, saints. We walk in there, and you know, something in me starts shaking. <laughs> you know, when I heard that, go, come, bang, 
When them doors close, I oh, Jesus. And we go to, we go to another complaint. I said, oh, Father. The deeper we got, Lord, I was like, oh. <laughs> and then you're sitting there with the prisoners. You know? I mean, when you, when, you, when you think about being, he's in there and he's in there to stay. And by the way, there is no declaration of the length of his sentence. And he's not offended. All he's got is a dream in his heart. He's in the prison, and the Bible says because of his character, they put him in charge of the prisoners. Talk to your neighbor and say, when God has anointed you, when God has forgiven you, and when your heart is pure, God can put you where he wants you. But well, the Bible says he's in prison, and now the next thing you know, he's, he, and he's in there for a while. And then, then, then he has an opportunity to display his gifts. And the day comes when Pharaoh is having dreams. He doesn't know what to do with because his dreams are bothering him. Joseph, who God gave that gift to interpret dreams, is in prison. He had already interpreted the dream of two others and the news got back to the magistrates. So when the king was having problems with these dreams and no matter how many of his soothsayers or prophets tried to give him the interpretation, the king was not satisfied. That ain't it. I, 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 that ain't it. That was good, but that ain't it. His heart was still troubled. Isn't there anybody else that can interpret dreams? And the very one that Joseph interpreted his dream for said, well, you know what, king? There was somebody in prison. The king said, get him. He was that desperate. They go down and Joseph, not knowing how long he's going to be in jail, just serving. Oh, my God. Tap your neighbor and say, when God's in you, no matter how difficult the situation you always come to the top. Look at your neighbor. Put your, put your hand on him. No matter how difficult the situation, you will always come to the top. If you can keep offense out your heart. And then Joseph, he, he, they, they clean him up. They shave him. He's coming before the king of the, of that, of the whole world on that side of the world, Pharaoh. And Pharaoh sends for him, and Joseph comes in. They have bathed him. They have dressed him appropriately. Excuse me. And, oh, yeah, because well, they shaved him because, because Pharaoh, I mean, the Egyptians, they didn't, they didn't like hair, okay? Not, not like we like hair. So they, they shaved him. And, and he, he comes in, and, and, and I, I'm convinced because he looked like everybody else. And, of course, if you've been, how many of you know if you've been in prison, you've got a way about you? He, he comes in, stay with me, stay with me, God's going to help you. He comes in, and the king tells him his dream. Are you there? When Joseph tells him his dream, the king is just, his heart, like, it's almost as if his heart burst open, because that's it. 
Who is this guy? Joseph tells him who he is. He said, all of my wise men, all my PhDs could not give me the answer I needed. And by the way, there will be some problems that will come before you that all of the studies can't answer, but God will give you the answer in your heart. And if you are your heart's right, and Lord have mercy. I was, I was looking at just now. The very person who put the pressure on you on your job and made you very uncomfortable, the time will come when God will turn to flip the script and you will be able to say what needs to be said and do what needs to be done and solve whatever problem needs to be solved. But you got to keep the offense. I'll tell your neighbor you got to keep the offense out of your heart. The king is so overwhelmed. He says, hey, take this guy. I, I tell you what I'm going to do. God, through the king, gave him a promotion. So he goes from prisoner, Lord have mercy, to prime minister. In a few moments, No more of that smell of prison. No more dealing with the lowest on the, in the culture. In one moment, because his heart will not be offended. God takes him and puts him as the prime minister of the nation. Forgive me, but I believe this. Some of you have been going through this same journey. And the test is, can you keep your heart free from offense? Will you look beyond who did what to you and look to the one to whom you must give the answer, God himself? You know how many people, you know how many people are in the station where they are because they never handled cor correctly their offense. A writer just recently talked about the generation that now exists and said this generation is called now the offended generation. And they're carrying the offenses of family. What's even worse than that are parents who talk about this generation as if they had nothing to do with it. It's so powerful in Joseph's life until God says, I, 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 I'm, I'm, you've passed the test. Hit your neighbor, slap your neighbor, high five, say, God bless you to pass the test so you can get the promotion. Nowhere in scripture do you find Joseph offenses. God takes him, turns everything right side up. While in prison, Joseph ended up running the whole place, and yet he's still in prison. When God gets through with him, everything he went through, from what you're going to do in that pit, to what you're going to do tied to that animal going to another nation, to what you're going to do as a slave, what you going to do in Potiphar's house? What you going to do when they locked the door? Every single thing he went through was preparing him to be the prime minister. 
Now, what really got me is when I look in the scripture and I begin to watch the lives of, of the heroes of faith as are mentioned in Hebrews chapter 11. And if you look at their lives, you, you will, it, it'll blow your mind, Sherry. When you look in their lives of the list of the heroes in chapter 11 of, of Hebrews and check out their every single one of them went through incredible offenses. I want to do this with you and I want to help. I'm asking God to help you. I'm asking the Holy Spirit to do something in your heart. His willingness to forgive offense did not go unnoticed by God. So you might even might want to even write this down. Ken, I don't know if you can put this up or not, but if you don't take offense, if you don't let offense steal your heart, God will make you ruler over that which was trying to destroy you. If you don't take offense, if you don't let offense steal your heart, God will make you ruler over that which was trying to destroy you. And that's not the end of the story. Because God said, I've got even greater, I've got even greater plans for you than being, being uh, uh, the prime minister. God's about to make Joseph a father to Pharaoh. But he can't do that until he passes one other family test. God help me. So he's doing the job of prime minister. The wisdom God gave him about how to avoid the famine which was coming gives him the instructions that begin to lay up, that begin to take 20% of the grain and put it aside during the fat years Hear ye, hear ye, hear ye, hear ye, Metro Knight, hear ye, increase your giving and your saving. He took that 20% and they, and they began to save and put it aside because there were some years coming that were lean. And Joseph saw those lean years coming. While he's doing that, while he's administrating that, and by the way, this was a, an edict of Pharaoh Everybody in the whole land of Egypt will obey your voice. The only one that has authority over you is me. Captains, colonels, generals, storehouse managers, business people, everybody going to obey what you say. Because of the wisdom in you, I've not found in anywhere else. I make you a prime minister. When you speak, it's like I'm speaking. Y'all ain't hearing me. Next, next thing you know, while he's doing this, he caught a glimpse of somebody that looked familiar from his past. Good God Almighty. Because the Bible says where Joseph's family was, it was a famine throughout the whole land. And there was no food. And they couldn't grow it. They got to go get it. So they got they. Saddled up their donkeys. They went to go. They went to Egypt to get food. They heard there's food there, so they went there. While they were there buying food, you know what's bad when you got money and still can't eat. Lord, have mercy. They took the money they had to go eat. By the way, just to let you know, it's more important to be able to eat than have money. Thank God for money, but just 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 remember that. Your bank account's full, you ain't got nothing to eat, you got a problem, right? They get, they get on their donkeys, they go, and sure enough, they buy grain. And, and in the midst of it, Joseph, Joseph look, 
He saw a silhouette. Look. It's not. Oh. The Bible said he recognized his brothers. He was a little kid when they sold him and thought they didn't know what had happened to him. They forgot about him. He hadn't forgot about them. When he saw them, all right, write it down in your notes somewhere. You only pass a test when you face those who offended you or who, tempt, who attempted to offend you. Can I say it another way? Let me say it another way. See, if you go through an ugly divorce, I'm trying to help y'all right now. I, I don't advocate divorce. I, I've been married 48 years. Don't, I don't, we don't even use the word in our, in our family. But if you go through an ugly divorce, I'm talking to somebody that's over here somewhere. When you go through an ugly divorce, when you go through an ugly divorce, you know whether you've been healed by when you see the person again. Okay, okay, not so extreme. If you go through, you, you had a long-standing relationship with this woman, this, this man, and, and now you broke up and everybody you know, broke your heart. Hello, somebody. And, and, and you say, well, I'm over it. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Hello, somebody. You only know how good you are when you, when they come around. When, and, and you know what? God's got a way of making them pop up when you least expect it. And God said, Joseph, I got one more test for you. He looks up, he sees them. The Bible says when he saw them, this is why I know, oh my God, God protected his heart. And he protected his heart. The Bible said he wept. The Bible said he was crying. He went in the house. He went out of their presence. He went back in the house. The Bible said he was crying so loud that the people went, oh, but because he had such authority, nobody would say anything. Because he's second in control of the nation. Ah! Have you all heard that wail? That, you know, all mamas know the difference between a mad cry and a hurt cry. Raise your hand, mamas, if you know what I'm talking about. In fact, most daddies know the difference between a hurt cry and a mad cry. You don't always respond. You don't always respond to mad cries. But hurt cries, ooh, he's wailing. Oh, he can't take it because his pain comes out. Are you guys okay? Oh, and, 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 you know, it's like freeze. What, what up? What, you know. So he comes out and he, 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 he practices a little shenanigans because he doesn't know whether they will ever see him again. So he says, um, sell them what they want and then put the money that they give you for the grain, put the money back in, in their sacks. And so they, they leave the city with the money and the grain and the money. And somebody said, who are you to treat my master so evil that you would steal from him, that he would be so kind to sell you and you would take, and they would, no, no. Can you imagine what they were feeling? Oh, no, 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 man, dude. It, it ain't that way. That ain't what it is. You understand what I'm trying to say? Next thing you know, they dragged them back. I won't give you all the details. We don't have the time. But I will tell you this. Finally, Joseph can't stand it anymore. You should see. Every time I read this, it breaks my heart again. Because he hadn't seen them in years. Excuse me. In all that what they did, he still loves them. 
love them because he's dressed like an Egyptian. He's older. He's probably got hair. No, no hair. Okay. So, he, he, you know, he, 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 when he sees him, he goes, he goes, I'm Joseph. And they're like, they can't. They just, well, he called their names. Now they're scared. Oh. They're thinking, oh. And he first in large and in charge. Lord, what am I going to do? <laughs> Beloved, Joseph, he says, I'm, I'm the one you sold. And they, they, you know, there's an, that's a, that's, there's, they wrote a song about it. Freak out! Because they, they don't know what to do. They, they, they just say, oh, it's up. We're dead. We're dead. Can you hear them talking to each other? All right, write your, write your last will and testament because we're dead. We finished. Okay, I got to close this up, so I want to tell you what he said. When he comes face to face with him, with the ones who tried to kill him, there's no, there's no offense in his heart. So he, 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 didn't, he could have punished them. He even could have taken their lives, but he didn't. But this is what he said to them, and I'm paraphrasing for time. But God, he says, you know, you meant this for evil, but God sent me ahead God sent me ahead of you. God sent me ahead of you to preserve you a remnant on the earth. To save your lives by a great deliverance. So then it was not you who sent me here, but God. He made me father to Pharaoh. Lord of this entire household and ruler. Or if you can't rule in Potiphar's house, you won't be able to rule in Pharaoh's house. Who, by the way, gave him a wife, gave him one of Potiphar's daughters. Do you feel me, saints? Then, then, then listen to this. This is what your son Joseph says. Go back and tell my father. Hurry, go back and tell him. And the father doesn't even know he's alive. In fact, the father believes he's dead because the sons went back and told the daddy that he was dead and took that coat of many colors and put blood on it like it was Joseph's blood. And the father wailed and wept and mourned for days. You go back and tell my dad I'm alive. Are you, are you guys okay? Go back and tell him that I'm alive. God has made me Lord of all of Egypt. Now, come down to me. Don't delay. The famine's going to get worse. Come. Then the Bible says, verse 14 and 15, then he fell on his brother Benjamin's neck and he wept. And Benjamin wept on his neck. He kissed, he kissed all his brothers and he wept on them. And afterwards his brothers, they talked with him. Man. Look at your neighbor and say, we got, we got work to do. The Bible says that Joseph brought all of his family to live with him. And they stayed there. And that's how, that's how Israel got to Egypt. 
because Joseph was there. Why is it important? Because Joseph had a brother named Levi. Say Levi. Who had a daughter named Jacob. Yo, yo, excuse me, Yochebed. Yochebed would become the mother of Moses, the deliverer of Israel. How you handle offense today will determine the heroes of tomorrow. Your future is not dependent on offense. Your future is dependent on your response to offense. As it was with Joseph, your surroundings don't, your surroundings don't have to determine your destiny. The way you handle offense does. How you handle those who mean to hurt you. Are you there, saints? I could go for another week on this. I want to I want to bring it right here. Some of you say, Well, I don't have any offense against, I don't have any offense against my brothers or my sisters or my girlfriends or boyfriends or, or bosses or neighbors. Or, I don't have any offense like that. Thank you, sir. But there's one other offense I got to point you to. You know, this one I had to deal with personally. And that is an offense against God. Some of you have been praying for things for a long time and they've not come true yet. You've been hoping that God and the prophets have prophesied to you and you're at a place, I don't want to hear another prophecy. Jesus talks about this. I close with this. Jesus is, is going about doing good, healing the sick, forgiving sins, even raising the dead. And John the Baptist sends his disciples to Jesus. And here's what they say. Are you the one we're looking for? Or is there another one coming? Jesus responds to John's disciples. Lord, have mercy. Are you guys okay? Lord have mercy. Are you the expected one? That's what John's disciple. Or, or, or should we look for somebody else? Jesus said, Go and report to John what you hear and what you see. The blind receive their sight, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, and the deaf hear, and the dead are raised up, and the and the poor have the good news preached to them. And blessed is the one who does not take offense at me. What? You need just an ounce? Good. I'll give it to you. John never expected himself to be in prison having announced the Messiah. That's my cousin. He never expected to be in prison about to have his head taken off. Have you ever, have you ever experienced this, beloved? It seemed like God's answering everybody else's prayers but mine. People get up and testify and you say, instead of being edified, you know, you are. Right. I'm sorry, forgive me. I, have you ever had that? Some people get offended at God. Blessed is the one who does not take offense at me. 
Talk to your neighbor, will you? Talk to your neighbor. Say, some prayers take longer to answer than others. Huh? Jesus doing miracles on the left and the right. He ain't doing no miracles for me. All my, all my sisters are getting married. I ain't getting married. All my brothers are getting promotions. I ain't getting no promotion. And the ones that are getting promotion, I know their life, their life is not as clean as mine. I want you to take care of business today, Metro. He never expected that he was going to be, come, he would come to the end of his days with his head taken off. And Jesus said, tell John, blessed is the one. Ooh, may that come to you today. Blessed is the one that does not take offense in God. Because see, some of you can't explain. You can't explain why your situation is like it is. It is unfair. You feel cheated. Some people were born with situations that they don't know how to handle and they have not been healed. You feel like God is far from me. He hadn't answered. And in our heart, faith diminishes because this one issue has not been taken care of. So everything else is wiped out. I know why people walk away from God. And they quit trusting him. They get offended with God. They're mad because God didn't do it the way they wanted God to do it. I, I came to give you good news today. If you, if you have the courage to hear the word of the Lord. Jesus said, you are blessed if you refuse to take an offense at me. It's, it's, a, it's another way of saying that I'm God and I will always answer and I will always keep my word. By the way, what you call not an answer in many cases is an answer. And there's some things you prayed for, thank God he didn't answer you. Because if he had, you wouldn't even be here today. But it takes you a while to get down the road to say, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. If I, I thank you, Lord, that you didn't. Some of you were, about, you were about to get married and God blew the thing up, but you didn't think it was God. And you're thinking, oh, I loved him so much. And you found out what the real deal was. And now you're saying, whoa, thank you. Tap your neighbor and say, don't make a decision. Don't make a decision too quick about God. God gave me these set of parents. God gave you your set of parents. And they might have stunk as parents. And the Lord says, still, I want you to honor them. God gave you that job. And the boss he gave you is, is the boss sent from hell. God attracted me to this, this connection group. And when you got in there, you was like, Really? Okay, let's take care of business. I've taken 10 minutes more than my time. So uh, here's what I want you to do. Here's what I want you to do. You've you got to deal with it. If, if you've got the courage, if the Holy Spirit has singled you out in order to, to let you see what I'm saying to you today, and you would need the Lord to help you to see it, to see where you have held something against someone else, or even worse, held something against him. Step number one, admit it. Admit it. Tell God, God, I've been mad with you for so many years.
tell him. Not like you don't already know it. But you, your ears need to hear it. To set you free. Lord, Lord, I, I, I just, I, I, I've been mad at you. And what you need to do. He said, but I'm, it's like a choice because of the word of God that comes. It's like a choice. But even though I was mad at you, I'm asking you to forgive me. Because there's nothing wrong with your integrity. It's my sight, my understanding. There are some things that happen, I'm sorry, you just don't get the understanding of that thing right then. Some stuff comes, you don't get the understanding, you don't get the answer. You still get God, but you don't get the answer. He didn't know how long he's gonna be in prison. He didn't know that they were gonna sell him, let alone know that he's gonna be sold out to prison. He didn't know how long he's gonna be there, but he kept his heart free from offense. Why? Still got this dream. And so do you. When God said, I love you so much, I take your sins. I make you my own. You're my child, not another's. You still have a dream. The things I promised you, he didn't change his mind. Time has got a way and delay has a way of taking you out when offense, when you allow offense to come and sit on your heart. Or when you listen to somebody that, that feeds that offense, even worse. I want you to get rid of it today because I want the blessing from heaven that's been held. You want to stop revival? Not problem. Just start being offended at each other. Whatever God was doing, it stops. You want to release heaven? You want the doors to open? I tell you what, get that stuff out your heart and watch God. It's a word for some of you. Some of you have been in prison long enough. God is saying to you, today you're going to be free. But you got to deal with that issue of offense. Admit it or confess it. Release to God. Lord, I'm yours. I, I couldn't stop them from doing what they did to me, but do something that is actually from heaven. I, I was illustrating this the other night. Uh, somebody got a piece of paper, but got a blank piece of paper. I, I, I did this in a meeting one day, and they were shocked. I, I, I took a piece of paper like this. I took a pen, and I wrote on the piece of paper, I owe you $1 million, signed, Flynn, author, Johnson. And I handed it to him. They said, oh, I got you now. But if I said I don't have it, you can take me to court or you can tear up. Come on. You can tear up. Come on. The IOUs. And tear it so small that you can't put it back together again. Because some people get tempted to go back there and reconstruct that thing. That's what it means when the Bible says forgive. Forgive is attached to offense. Forgive says I choose not to hold this against you anymore. And I won't even bring it up because I'm going to treat it like God treats me. Stand to your feet. And, and 
then on this other side of offense that, that, that God speaks of, he makes a statement in the scripture that's, okay, you, you know it. Please pray with me. Our Father. Yeah? Yeah? Come on. Stop. Do what? Next phrase. Man, I was okay till the Lord pointed that ass to me. Forgive us our debts, our trespasses, as we forgive others. For if you do not forgive each other from the heart, neither will your heavenly Father forgive you. Lord, God Almighty. I want you to get out of prison today. I want you to take the load off your, off your heart. I want you to walk out from under the yoke that causes you not to trust people. It causes you not to open your life. It causes you to be suspicious of all the, all the good things that God's trying to do in your life. It causes you to walk with that cloud over your head, that negativity, that expectation of evil that is riding on your life because offense is reigning in your heart. I think the best way to do this today is just to open this altar. I want to dismantle the, the altar of offense so God can bring you to the altar of sacrifice. It's hard to carry your cross and your offenses at the same time. You got to lay, you got to, you got to bow, you got to lay down the cross. You got to lay down the cross, the offense. In order for you to walk in the grace. I'm going to open this up right now. Anybody out there feels like, you know, Bishop, I can't even believe you talking about this this morning. I can't believe you read my mail. Good. Come and stand before this altar right now in the name of Jesus. Just break out your seat and come and stand right here. Before God Almighty.